We're uh, back with our Friday edition, the Friday bonus podcast of uh, Appetite for Construction. I'm here with Tim. Tim, how you doing? JP, I'm doing great on this Friday morning. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. And uh, we have uh, Danny G. Danny, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. Good morning, guys. How are you guys doing? It looks like your dad just walking in the background. <laughs> He's... You're in North Carolina, is that right? I am in North Carolina. He comes shuffling his feet across the floor, and I give him the 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 sound, <laughs> and, and then he shuffled even quieter. And yeah, so yeah. it's dad. Dad's house. Dad can do what he wants. Dad's house. Dad. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's been a few weeks since the name drop dropped. How's the reaction been across the uh, the uh, social media sphere? Well, it, it actually was really well for, for a hot minute, you know, like, like any hot topic items can kind of be hot for a couple of days and then, and then kind of fade away. I don't have uh, the great promotional skills that let's say uh, Louis the boiler man has or something where, you know, I don't uh, every other day, you know, I should be hopping on and, and I haven't. So, um, so I think it kind of died down a little bit, uh, every now and then I'll see somebody post something and, and they use that audio, uh, as their audio, which is super cool. Well, I think people are awaiting the, uh, world premiere of the video. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yes, they are. They <laughs> totally that. are. And, uh, and I'm, I'm working on that. I do a little bit at a time each day. Uh, that's quite the process. I shot a whole lot of video. There was a whole lot of scenes where, you know, it's take one, take two, take three, take four. And I don't delete any of that because I think, oh, I got a better take in me. I do another one for this particular line. And, and now I got to sit and go through them all and be able to, to find the best shots and, and get all that editing done. So it's going to happen. It's just going to take me a little bit of time to get it all. Yeah, real quick, Tim had a question uh, on his travels. Uh, my wife and I drove down to Arizona. We were staying a couple months down here in Arizona. And on the way here, we stopped in Oklahoma as like the halfway point. And there's a, a large Grundyke transportation company down there. And I was like, that's a pretty unusual name. I wonder if there's any relationship to Danny. Yeah, that's that's not me at all. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it must be family relations somehow. Actually, funny thing about that, that's Groendike Trucking. They're missing yes. an N. Oh, Groendike. Groendike. There's this Groendike. So, Danny, uh, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on today, you know, you're a great guest. You're, uh, you've are you been on many times. Um, but your your story, you know, you, you got into plumbing kind of later in life. Is that right? Yes, I did. I was yeah. 35 years old whenever I became a first-year apprentice. Yeah. And so how did, what was that process? Did you buy a company where you uh, just kind of just started on your own? How did, how did that, how did that all come about? Well, basically it came about, I wanted a career change. I was working in a steel mill where my father worked at uh, and worked there for 12 years. And it was just, I was just kind of bored. It was the same old work in this machine every day. And I, I just did not care for it. And uh, after a while, I was burnt out at that, and I had an opportunity. Uh, so the opportunity presented itself that, hey, I can uh, po possibly get you into the plumber's local, and you could go through the apprenticeship, and you could be a plumber. 
And I'm like, well, that's that's pretty darn interesting. So um, I had tried my hand at a business uh, to, to, to try to get out of the mill. I had tried my hand at uh, opening a video game rental and retail store. I yeah. did that. I ran that for four years while I was working in the mill. Full-time, a store was open for four years, never closed for one day. We're open 12 hours a day. But uh, so I ran that while I was working full time in the mill. And uh, that finally uh, did not pan out. Um, and so I ended up having to close that down. Well, when I closed it down, I went ahead and said, OK, I'm going to go ahead and, and take my buddy up on his offer and, and try to get into plumbing. And sure did. So got in an apprenticeship. I was 35. I walked away from the steel mill job, which was kind of a, you know, stepping away from something that was secure for me at the time. Uh, into something the unknown, the great unknown. So I uh, just gave it my best, uh, topped out when I was 40 because uh, it's a five-year apprenticeship. And of course, I was the old man in the class um, and um, ended up uh, a couple of years, about two years later, ended up going into business for myself, opening up Gronendike Plumbing. Uh, I had, you know, most of it was commercial plumbing, working for other contractors and, you know, that that's an up and down thing, you know, jobs end, you get laid off, sent back to the hall and, you know, things slowed down in 2011. And so I was off for most of the year. And uh, so I went ahead and just said, you know what, I think I could do better uh, by opening up my own, just, just uh, taking care of service work. And sure enough, I have not had a day off since that I did not want to have off. I'm just, you know, I, I'm fascinated that, you know, you went on your own. It's got your name on the truck. It's your name in the business. And, you know, you're like, I'm doing this. Yeah. And then, the you know, you wait, like, is the phone going to ring? How did, <laughs> what was that time period, like the stress level of thinking about, is the phone going to ring? Am I going to have like, you know, <laughs> consistent business? Tell me, tell me about that. Well, the stress level was greater for my wife than it was for me. I will admit that because yeah. uh, basically the, the day I decided to do that, now I had been off for almost a year. However, now uh, you're not really supposed to do side jobs when you're in the union. Okay. I'll just be the first one to admit every plumber does side jobs. So that's not a, that's not a thing. They may not talk about it, but everyone does. You have abilities with your hand and your brain and you're not working. You're going to go and you're going to, you're going to do jobs. So when people know that you're a plumber, you know, friends from church knows your sure. other friends, your relatives, they all know you're a plumber. They have a plumbing problem. They're going to call you. So, so I had been doing stuff while I was laid off uh, in order to, you know, make ends meet. Well, you do enough of that. You got your tools and you got your abilities and you've already got people calling you for the last year. You know, it was a matter of doing some formalities and putting my name on a truck and getting the, the proper insurances and, and, li and the, the uh, licensing for, for that, uh, the bonding and all that. So then it became official. And uh, so, but, you know, I, I, to this day, I'm, I'm only employed for the next three days. So I do service work. Service work and plumbing is mostly, hey, my stuff has stopped up today. I need yeah. Okay. My water heater is leaking on the floor today. I need you. And so it's not, uh, you know, scheduling out for the next month. Uh, you know, people, it mostly does not work that way. So basically I have went the last 10 years from 2012, uh, 11 years now, uh, 2012 of March of 2012, I, I opened, I've been unemployed after like a three day period basically ever since. So, I'm only three days booked, four days booked, and I like it that way. I, I have very little stress level. 
I'm not trying to, to balance the next 30 to 60 days worth of scheduling and this and that. Whenever my phone rings, I can answer it and say, hey, I can get to you right away. And, uh, and I do that. But my wife, she was nervous at first, like, well, wait a minute, you're unemployed as of next week. You don't have any calls, any jobs. And that was stressful for her. Uh, a little bit of time goes by and she realized, okay, this plumbing thing is going to work. You know, people constantly and my networking grows. So now I have more people with my number and stuff. I was going to say, you know, your recent vacation to the Cayman Islands. I'm, I'm, I think she's pretty okay with the decision okay, that you made. Yeah, yeah I think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Danny, when did you realize that, all right, I am a plumber by trade, but owning a business, there's more to it than just the daily service calls that you're doing. What did you do to really become an expert in owning a small business? Oh, wow. Well, you know what? I guess I will head that off with, I don't know that I am an expert at, at owning my home business. <laughs> okay. I'll just, I'll just put that right out there. I uh, just through our contacts, uh, through the social media, I know so many plumbers, so many businessmen, and I look at them and so many of them, I'm in awe at how they operate and how they have their systems in place. I don't really have that. So I, I it's all smoke and mirrors. Uh, you know, people may think I do, but I don't. So I, I don't know that I'm an expert at it. And I deal with problems that uh, for I've been self-employed in, in a one man shop for this whole time until about a year ago. You guys have met Mason. You guys have talked with Mason. So I'm trying to pass this on to Mason, uh, not only the knowledge, but really the business. So he is going to be the future of Gronendijk Plumbing. Uh, it's mm -hmm. He's the only one in his uh, plumbing class uh, at the apprenticeship uh, that has a ownership uh, lined up for him. Okay. And I treat him as such, you know, we talk, we talk about it uh, uh, daily uh, and, or, or at least every other day. So we have a plan in motion. And so that is uh, now something that's new to me is managing someone else um, and being responsible for someone else. Uh, that's something I never really wanted to do. I always said, I'm just going to be a one man shop. I can take care of people. I know what's going on. And so it's been a whole new thing. You know, Mason, as you know, the story reached out to me looking uh, to get into a trade, uh, decided, you know what, this is a fine young man. I'm going to go ahead and, and try to do that. So my newest project has been, let's make Mason the best plumber in the world. Uh, and, and I think he's off to a really good start. Um, I, I pour it all into him. I don't hold anything back. So, uh, so I, I don't use him as a helper. I don't use him as a go get parts kind of guy, sit there on a bucket and watch me kind of guy. You know, I try to get him in there and get him doing stuff. Well, as you mentioned earlier, your name's on the truck. Your legacy is in Mason. You yes. know, 20 years from now, your legacy is in what he's doing. So giving right. him all that knowledge now is only going to be a benefit to your legacy. So congratulations on that. Well, thank you very much. Well, how is his rapping skills? Uh, I'm I'm trying to get the plumbing going first, and then we're going to he claims that he can rap, so okay. we're gonna, we're going to find out. And I know that he knows a lot of Eminem's lyrics, and so I, I think that he he might be onto something. We just I haven't pursued that yet, but yeah, I could see that happening. So, Danny. Um, I belong to a Facebook group, um, and it's local to my hometown, like what's happening in my hometown. And uh, somebody recently posted, hey, can you recommend a good plumber in, in the area? And there were probably, at that time when I looked, there were probably 12 responses, and not one was the same. 
they were all different plumbers. And I think I might have asked you this, but how do you, is the competition heavy in your area? Um, you know, I'm in kind of a rural area and there's 12 different plumbers vying for someone's, you know, business. How do you, how do you compete? Well, that's, that's an interesting question. Um, uh, personally, I don't, I have not viewed my competition as competition. Okay. okay. Again, this is a different train of thought. There's uh, maybe that's why I'm not a great businessman. I don't know, but I view it as I'm here to offer the best service that I can. I want to, I want to be your plumber and I want to do the best I can for you. I don't advertise. So if, uh, Tim calls me to do his plumbing. It's because he he reached out on his Facebook to his friends and John put on there, oh, call Danny. He'll hook you up. He's really good. Two or three other people on that same string may have done the same uh, or agreed with somebody and said, yes, like so-and-so said, call Danny. So once that happens, that person will tend to, okay, this, you know, Danny got the most, you know, little nods there. Let's call him. Um, otherwise, if it's, you know, 12 different guys, I'm one of them, then it's a it's a, a roll of the dice. Who did they trust the most? Which friend of theirs did they trust the most or whatever? Yeah. So, but um, yeah, I don't, I wave at every plumber going down the road, union, non-union. Uh, I know who's who and, and what's what. Plumber, you know, is 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 a, a, a brother, you know, brother or sister in the trade. Uh, and so I'm friendly to all. Uh, if one of them passed me and called and said, hey, what would you do if you, and they got a plumbing question, I'll answer it. Yeah. I don't care. I'm helping the enemy, whatever, you know, uh, they're not an enemy. They're a friend of me. So, um, yeah, I don't really view, uh, the competition as competition. If mm-hmm. I can go and help somebody, I can't do all the plumbing jobs. That's just it. I'm a one man shop. There are probably, you know, 800,000 homes in, in all of Northwest Indiana in my area. I don't know how many homes. When you leave a job, you slap a sticker on like a water heater or something. Don't you do that? Or no? uh, I am so budget friendly, budget conscious that I won't buy stickers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I'm cheap. I'm cheap. Let's just say that. What? You I got have, the one with like the rigid wrencher. What, what, can't you just slap that on there? I, I, you know what? I should. I should. <laughs> I do have a whole bunch of those. And then with a Sharpie, just put your number underneath. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what I should do. You're right. So, yeah, I have not bought uh, uh, stickers for water heaters and such. Um, I, I do write my name. I, I kind of feel like it's more personal. Like I am I'm like almost signing my, my signature, yeah. basically. So on every water heater installed by Grown and Dyke Plumbing on this date, and, uh, and I put my phone number. So every water heater I've ever installed has my handwriting on it. You know? Okay. And some would, some would, some would say that's, that's not professional. How dare you? I have this really nice sticker and okay, well, maybe mine was more personal than professional. I don't know, I don't know how many people are in their basement looking at their water heaters, but, um, that's very, that's uh, very true. Yeah. yeah. Well, Danny, as a service plumber, I mean, you've got relationships that you've had for the 10, 11, 12 years you've been in service for yourself, the same houses that you've been going to for years and years and years, I'm assuming. And that's your bread and butter. That's, that's, that retention is what keeps you in business with your thousand or so service calls that you've made over your lifetime. And sure. um, yeah, I, I, I'm just, I, I look at Mason, I think, God, Mason's got this perfect little role to play over the next couple of years as he's going through his apprenticeship, as he's about to become a journeyman plumber. And 
He's got the table set for him. Yes, he really does. Uh, you know, he's been with me for a year. Customers love him. Uh, and uh, there's been times where I'll, I'll actually send him out to do something. Uh, I'd say relatively, um, I don't know, entry level, but but without yeah. danger or harm to somebody, you know, putting in a kitchen faucet or something that's not going to do any problems. Uh, if I'm not available, I may send him. Uh, it's not the the main plan, but he always does just as good as I could do on a job like that. And often they'll 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 call me, they'll text me, the customer, and they'll they'll rave about him. Oh, we really loved Mason. He was a great guy, very fine young man, and he did a great job. So I, I get really good feedback on of the feedback I get. I get really good. So yeah, he's got a. He's got a unique situation out of out of his whole class. He's the only one that uh, is in this situation, um, and and really, it's it's to he's fallen into something. But it was also to his credit, he reached out to me. Uh, he reached yeah. out to the right person at the right time, and that that took his step to do that. So he made that first step. So at some point, you passed the golden Rolodex on to Mason with all the service numbers. Yes, yes. He will. Uh, you know what? I, I always say he's going to take over the business, but he's going to buy the business from me. And there's no doubt there's going to be some. I'm not just he's, he's not my actual kid. He doesn't get to inherit it. Uh, but uh, that was a question. My next question is, you know, he's taking over a business that has your name on it, whether he keeps that name or not. I think it would be in his best interest to keep the name for business. After you retire, would you get some sort of royalty or he just buys you out completely? Yeah, that all depends who you ask. Like I have a cousin that has an MBA and he's he's a big business person and, and he's really uh, tried to, to hook me up and set me up with an idea where I would get some residuals going down the yeah. line and stuff. I don't know. This is the part where I'm not a great businessman and uh, and I'm a little bit more kind of bottom shelf when it comes to my business stuff. And uh, I don't, I don't know that it will be set up that way. I still got a little bit of thinking about how that would go. Uh, I think of Mason as Mason could go and do his own thing. Like I went and did my own thing. All right. Mm. So I can't, uh, constraint his hands too much. And I tell him Mason's heard me say all this to Mason. Okay. I can't constrain his hands so much that it, it doesn't, it's not a, a good idea for him to do like, Oh man, am I going to forever have to pay this guy? You know, how about yeah. I do my own thing? Uh, so it needs to be a good enough deal for him. Uh, and at the same time, I get some, some money back out of, uh, of all, basically all my tools and, and, and stuff that I've, I've put together, uh, throughout this time and the customer base and all that. So it will have to be a price that is fair to Mason that he can go and get him a, a small business loan and, and pay. Um, the other option is he just pays me every month, you know, for, for then on out. But, you know, I have risk in that, that if he runs the business into the ground or something happens to him, breaks his leg, and now he's no longer able to plumb, you know, then I kind of lose out on, on on that deal. So I think that the way that we've got it figured out is we'll come up with a equitable, uh, agreeable uh, amount. He'll get a business loan, pay me for that, and then I will walk away. Okay. I have advised him that it'd be good to keep the name at least for a while. Uh, and, and do a transition into another name if that's what he really wants to do. Um, and I'm not against that. He can change the name. He could change it on day one. Once he's paid me the money for the business, if he feels he's a better businessman and wants to make a, a, a name change, he'll be able to. So yeah, I don't I don't know how how exactly it will go down, but that's kind of how I feel. Yeah, what will happen. 
Yeah. So what was the name of your video company? Video. Oh, it was uh, the video game uh, company. Oh, video games. Okay. Yeah, it was video game store. And okay. so uh, I kind of came up with a, a interesting idea. I want to say that I was a little bit. Of, this is going to sound like I'm tooting my own horn here. I was a little bit of a, a pioneer, a, a visionary, <laughs> um, honestly, because at the time you had video uh, video stores that rented out um, video games as well right they started that and it was they were like blockbuster and box office video the they were 5 days for $5 that was the the deal cuz i bought my kids a little playstation at the time and when it was playstation 1 and that's that that was your option to rent games was was for $5 now movies were Two dollars. I'm like, man, it's so expensive to rent a game, you know. So came up with the idea to let's rent a game by the day, you know. Let's uh, wow, there's an idea. This is crazy. So let's make it you know, call it Games by the Day. So that was the name of the company, Games by the Day. And uh-huh. so they could, they could rent a game uh, for all the the big platforms, and then as new platforms came out, we would adopt those and rent out games. Now what it would be is they would rent it for two dollars for one day. They would keep it as long as they wanted. When they returned, it was a dollar a day for 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 their extra rentals. Yeah, it's like a late charge for a library. Yeah, walk. and and it was something, yeah. something going into it. They would rent it. They may get it home. The game may be not that great. They played it. They bring it back the next day. It was only two dollars instead of the five dollars that they would have been out somewhere else. Or it's really good. They're having a good time. They want to keep it for three or four or five days. They know it's only a dollar a day. They could afford a dollar a day. Let's just you know continue this rental. Uh, and there's be times where somebody never bring a game back, and you know you get those kind of issues. But now, are you are you getting residuals from that? Uh, no, <laughs> no, that's that's in the ground. That's, <laughs> And so that's six feet under. Uh, so, but but here's the visionary part. It was that, and it was also combining with retail. So you had at the time you had a place. Uh, I'm going to date myself, and we'll see if you guys uh, the, the this rings a bell. Funko Land. You ever heard of Funko wow. Land? Wow. That's that's, that's old school. That's old school. So Funko Land was the uh, before GameStop. So it turned into GameStop, um, but. Um, so you had Funko Land where you could buy and sell, use video games and accessories uh, and, and buy new games. So I combined that and in my store, half of it was all that retail. I bought and sold uh, to the public for used games. I sold new games, new systems. And the business, the store that I took over, the location had a drive through. It used to be a Kentucky Fried Chicken. And so they had a drive through. I know, right? There was a lot of work. I put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into remodeling that place uh, to get the chicken grease smell gone. <laughs> so um, anyhow, uh, so we had I, uh, the way I designed it. I had my counter area right there by the drive-through, so it was right. It was in that area. So we just turn around. You could drive right up. Hey, I want to rent Grand Theft Auto Three. Do you have that? Yep, I do. And I get it and rent it to them right through the window. They're on their way to their nephew's birthday party. I need to buy a memory card. You got a PS2 memory card? Sure do right here this right sell yeah. right through the window so that was kind of a unique thing uh i would hold uh, tournaments in the store because i had these two big screen
screen, 55 inch, you know, that was big at the time, 55 inch, uh, you know, with the big box on the back kind of TVs. Uh, but they were a square flat panel screen that people were digging and they would play games on it. They'd play tournaments on it. Uh, that I had a system set up was an automatic changer where I'd put a game in. Hey, they could come in and they could play on this big screen. For a quarter, for three minutes, there was a timer, okay? And, and I still own these timers. I just I don't know why I couldn't let them go. It was a unique product. So it would change the video signal. So uh, when they walk in the store, I've got a VCR playing the, uh, somebody. I've recorded somebody's gameplay, right? So you can see a game being played. And so they come in and they want to play a game, any game in the store, any game that was for rent. It was open, right? So they would I would put the game in the system, put some controllers out there. They had these comfortable office chairs leather chairs out there and and i would turn it on and they would when they drop quarters it would change that signal now to that video game and so you could pop in more than one quarter and it would just that timer would add up so it was basically five dollars for an hour so they would put in i'd sell them five dollars worth of quarters and they would pop them all in and they would sit there with their buddy and they would just play and so that was a very popular feature to the store as well. So it was a it was a unique thing, and then and then things started to evolve, and then the online gaming became bigger, where people are now like able to play so many of these games like right online instead of having to rent them, and it, things changed a little bit. I'm kind of glad I got out when I did. I don't know that I would have been able to keep up with that technology with the big companies. JP, all this time, Danny's talked about not being a really good businessman. You just heard him tell how entrepreneurial and good of a businessman as yeah. he was. I mean, he's a trailblazer. Yeah, trailblazer, innovative. <laughs> I have the, the entrepreneurial spirit. I don't know if I'm the expert at it, though. That's, that's, that's the thing. I, I work every day to try to get better at it. I love picking your brain on stuff. Uh, it's always fun to talk to you. So, well, Thanks, John. I appreciate it. Enjoy the time with family this weekend. It's uh, Obviously, it's Mother's Day weekend, and for all those out there, Happy Mother's Day if you're listening. Uh, my mom's been gone for a few years, but Thank you. You know, my wife is a mother, so I'll make sure that my wife is happy. Monica, John, you'd be good to your mom, Carol, and yep. your wife, Monica. And the next time we talk to you, uh, we'll be talking about the uh, the video of uh, Name Drop. Video. <laughs> the video. <laughs> that will be good. You guys are going to get that. I'm excited about it already shaping up really well and i think uh i think it's going to be uh, a big thing so i'm looking forward to that 